I'm just gonna make mouth noises. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Oh. Oh. I'm Al. I'm Al. <laughs> Here we are. Man, I can't believe we're actually doing it. I know. Okay, three, two, one. I'm gonna hit record. I think I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. We're back. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. This is the Dungeons and Dugouts podcast. It's been a hot minute. I'm L. I'm L, and it's been a hot several months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we are back. We met a couple of weeks ago and said that we really both like doing this podcast and we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. We just needed a plan for sustainability. So yeah, and we also were just incredibly busy over, like between. April through now, yeah, which is September. Let's reintroduce ourselves. Who are we? How do we know each other? What are you getting yourself into? So I will toss it to you. Who are you? Who am I? I don't even fucking know. (laughs) Uh, Well, my name is Elle. I am kind of a D&D TikToker. I haven't been on TikTok as of much lately because I've been so busy. But yeah, I'm just like a huge TTRPG nerd. So I love everything tabletop role-playing games. I am currently in five campaigns and nuts. I was going to say struggling. I'm not struggling. I'm actually handling them all very well. Um, But I have a hard time stopping (laughs) because they're so addicting. Uh, Other than that, I'm just like a huge fucking nerd. For those who will, like, look at recaps, I'm sitting behind or in front of a ton of Pokemon plushies and then a Rainbow Shakespeare collection. Also, um, my pronouns are they, she. So that is something that is something you should know. <laughs> I am Al. I am the dugouts portion of this podcast. I... I'm a huge baseball nerd, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. I'm a super big White Sox fan. I am a huge fan of baseball and the game and the sport itself. Um, But you will not catch me in colors other than black and white, usually. Um, I use she, her pronouns, you know, Mm -hmm. just to put that on the table. No, yeah, that's important. Um, Yeah, what else do you want to know about me? I just turned 25. And (laughs) yeah, I work in a very different realm to baseball than, and L, you don't work in any realm of D&D, so. I would love to. I I really tried to make my undergrad thesis related to TTRPGs um, to no avail, so tis tragic. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I work for a healthcare nonprofit and I do baseball on the side, which is kind of leading us to our next little like what oh. have we been up to where where did we leave off like what's what's going on well hold on we didn't say how we know each other oh frick yes we should probably cover that part um so al and i have been friends for you said it's 12 years now we would have met in fall of 2010 yeah so al and i have been friends for 12 years which is insane um do you want to tell a story about how we met? Because it's always funny to me, like when <laughs> I hear it. So Al and I met in the seventh grade after our first after school 
dance, if that's what you want to call it. Quote, unquote, dance. Yeah. Um, I was waiting for my mom to pick me up, even though I definitely could have walked home from, from school, but it was probably late at night or it wasn't late at night. It was probably not even 5 p.m. It was like, yeah, I'm like, it was probably <laughs> 5, maybe 6 p.m. Yeah. Um, Al and I had some mutual friends. So basically, um, the two middle schools combined to make one junior high uh, when we got to seventh grade. And so some of my friends from middle school had known Elle from church and other Girl Scouts and those types of things. Mm -hmm. And so we probably had talked or been introduced at some point during this dance, but I have absolutely no recollection of it. And so Elle came up to me uh, while I was waiting for my mom to pick me up and she was like, Hey, can I get your phone number? And I was freshly in seventh grade, like probably (laughs) freshly 13 at the time and was like, sure, you can have my phone number, random stranger person. Um, but yeah, that's turned into this beautiful friendship that is surpassed both now high school and college and now into this weird thing that we call adulthood. (laughs) <laughs> I which I like I really don't remember asking you for your phone number but I do remember like being introduced to you at the dance because I remember I think we were we didn't even talk much I think you might have said like three sentences to me and then we just kind of you know jumped in the circle that we were in of jumping and fist bumping for yeah sure. of course and then I think I was like wow this girl is so cool. <laughs> I need to know her. I'm going to be brave. <laughs> Ask for her I number. still remember the phone you had, too. It was like oh a my- like, blue teal, like slide up keyboard uh-huh. phone. Yeah, I thought you were super cool for having that phone. Oh, really? Didn't you have a slide up phone that it was like? I, I had a touchscreen phone, like one of the very first touch screen slide out keyboard phones yeah all, I, I, all it- I remember is in eighth grade you had your phone taken away from you and then you had to use my phone to text your very freshly new ex-boyfriend at the time that was still seven that was still seventh grade <gasps> was it yeah it would have still been seventh grade oh that no was- you're right seventh and eighth grade was rough seventh and eighth grade was the most dramatic years of my life and only because I was witnessing so much drama well and I think it's truly I think it's because we all thought we were these like mini adults that were ready for these mature cool awesome things because we were like not quite in high school but we were still like we were in junior high and we were so cool and like we were teenagers and then now looking back on it with you know hindsight 2020 like we knew nothing and we were so young I had no business being involved in half of the stuff that I was involved in no way no way yeah I remember just kind of being a watcher like an observer of everything that happened in junior high like holy shit what is going on yeah yeah, I wanted to be at the middle of it, and then I would be way too far in deep, and then I was scrambling to get out of it. But we have made it on the other side, and here we are yeah. recording this podcast. Uh, but yeah, so that's how we know each other, and a little bit of hot tea from our junior high. <laughs> but so yeah, what do we do uh, now? Or what, what happened while we were gone? Yeah, I mean, okay, so... Let's see. The last time we released an episode was probably in April. It's now mid-September. Yep. So, yeah, what have you been up to? Tell us. 
<laughs> so much. Um, I've been in two weddings, so and I'm going to be going to a third wedding. Um, so I was the I was a bridesmaid in one, and I was the maid of honor in another one. Which it was the first time I was ever in a wedding, and my first wedding I was in, I was a maid of honor, so I was freaking out. But it all went really well. Love happily ever after. Yeah. Bachelorette party was really fun too. So we just took a trip to Chicago and just kind of like hung out and did an escape room and had a nice dinner. So did that. Um work for you is wild. Work we don't we don't talk about my work. But the other thing that's been happening is I'm starting to do applications for graduate school. So I'm hoping to go get my PhD in psychology. Uh and I also got a puppy, so yeah. I now have a. I was like, I was like, what else? And I hear my dog chewing. <laughs> <laughs> and you but moved in with your partner. I did. I moved in with my partner, um, and he and I are gonna have our anniversary in five days. So, yay! Yeah. So we've you almost been dating for a year, and I now have a little eight-month-old mini Australian Shepherd. He is my beautiful baby boy, and I love him so much. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. So yeah. exciting. And Al and I actually uh, just took two trips. Two trips. I was going to say, was it one or two? Two nope. trips together. Two trips. Yeah. So since we last spoke, like literally a whole baseball season has come and gone. <laughs> um, I think last, last we chatted, um, the lockout was barely ended and the season had just started and now we're in September in the heat of September baseball and pennant races and all of that stuff and um I was also in a wedding yeah and I'm just on White Sox Twitter just vibing there and I just got into some sports writing with a lovely site called Southside Sox you want to check me out there just started doing Leo. the pokers has arrived hello baby yeah so i just started doing um dabbling i guess in <laughs> sports writing and being a part of their podcasts and talking more in depth about the white Sox and all of their crazy shit so yeah plus i turned 25 and yeah Ella and I almost witnessed a no hitter. Oh yeah, Dylan Cease uh, threw eight point two innings of no hit baseball, literally on my twenty fifth birthday. Like was- I am legally obligated to not root for the Sox because I'm a Cubs fan, but I was rooting for for Dylan to to get that. That was super exciting. That was literally, I think, the most wild game I've ever been at in my life. I I quite literally was processing that for days because yeah. I could not believe that I was at a game of such caliber mm-hmm. it was beautiful it was beautiful yeah so. it, it was a really good game it was just like I mean it was against the twins who I also root for um so that sucked for the twins but like it was just like the Sox played a really good game and I can't I can't like you know deny good baseball so yeah for sure well, yeah, no duh. Except for Trevor McGill, if you're listening to this podcast, you should have thrown me a baseball from the bullpen. But instead, uh- <laughs> you had to be a crotchety man, and you wouldn't toss me a ball, and I will be holding it against you. you know, remember, like the last time we were recording podcasts, and you were like throwing, you were like just throwing shade at everyone you could. You were like, especially the Astros. Only the Astros. 
<laughs> but now we're gonna like there's gonna be only two teams who will like talk to us and they're both from chicago which i guess is fine no, i have i have nothing against the twins i just that's a lie the last time we talked about okay. it you <laughs> well yes they're division rivals i don't like root for them but like also here here's the story everyone we were sitting two rows behind the Minnesota bullpen. Yes, I was dressed in White Sox gear. Should the man have thrown me a baseball? Probably not. But I yelled out to him and he immediately turned around and I said, it's my birthday. Can you toss me a ball? And he immediately said, no, which is fine. Then him and one of the bullpen catchers turn around and they're like, what day is it? I was like, my birthday is today. And they repeated, what day is it? And I said, today. And then I was like, it's September 3rd. I don't know what else you want from me. And then they never tossed me a ball. But that lady in front of us was really, really vying for them to throw me a ball. (laughs) To which he then told her that he didn't have any. And I was looking down at a bag full of balls. So surely you had one that you could have tossed to a girl that was turning 25. I, uh, to their defense, like if I were to play devil's advocate, I'm sure they get a lot of people who say it's my birthday and they're just saying that to get a ball, but it was actually your birthday. It was actually my birthday and I totally would have tossed my ID down there to prove it. Oh yeah. I would have loved for you to just do that and then like see what they do. (laughs) Like what are they going to do? Not give you your ID back? (laughs) Probably. I would have had to go get a new one. That'd be so stupid, though. Like, um, can anyone, someone, my ID? Please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving home. Actually, no, you didn't drive home. Oh, did you? I didn't, but like, no, yeah. Well, I drove you home, but besides the point, anyway, we have fake beef, Trevor McGill. If you, <laughs> you want to resolve that beef, I don't know how you do that, but we can chat. Actually... They're coming back to Chicago for the last series of the season. Maybe I'll. Oh, try- really? Maybe I'll try to hunt him. No, I'm kidding. I will not. Don't. <laughs> I, I literally. I care, but I don't care. It was just a very. It takes me a lot of. I'm a very outgoing person. Yes. But it also takes me a lot of courage and build up to mm-hmm. actually do something like that in public. So the fact that I did yeah. it, and then he immediately was like, "No," I was so embarrassed. I was like, "Okay." I'm going to go sit down now. I'll be right here. <laughs> oh. I was like, wow, that's so embarrassing. But Speaking of embarrassing, at that game. You were wearing a white shirt. And I'm wearing a white shirt. Like, a w- white shirt and, like, black overalls, which were super cute. But anyway, wearing a white shirt. And I had told Al that I've been really craving a Chicago dog. And so I go to get a Chicago dog. And Al suggested I get the foot long. So I did. And because... I'm embarrassing. I t- took my first bite and some of the peppers on it that were covered in mustard fell all over my shirt, down my overalls. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I come back, hands empty because I finished the foot long in like 10 minutes. I'm also covered in mustard. But was it delicious? It was It was so good. It was so worth it. I could have eaten another like six incher. I really miss Chicago dogs. That's what she said. Oh my god! <laughs> so, what are we going to talk about in the podcast? Al? Oh. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving right along. 
Uh, what are you getting yourself into? That's what she said. Jokes is what you're getting yourself into. No, we're not doing that ever again. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, the podcast, what are you getting into with the podcast? We're going to be breaking down some of the basics of baseball and TTRPGs, uh, probably most specifically D&D, but in more detail, um, we have some old bonus episodes we recorded, but never released. So we'll probably get a couple, couple of those too. From the vault. Also, there are major moments in history, I think, both in, in media and just in general of both baseball and D&D. Yeah. Like, and then we'll also cover major changes. Like, how has D&D changed over time? How has the game of baseball changed over time? Rule changes, formatting changes. Mm-hmm. Wrap your head around that. <laughs> Bandel kind of tackled it, but we definitely want to talk about baseball and D&D in the media because um, I really love, like, I've only really seen a couple baseball movies, but Angels in the Outfield and Rookie of the Year, such classics. So good. Yeah. Oh, The Sandlot, you know? Yeah. I think not only in TV and in movies, like how it's portrayed there, but I think also how both are kind of perceived in the media too, I think. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I was just saying, I think diving into how it's portrayed in the media how it's perceived by the general public is something that we've just discussed at length of how we want to dive into especially D because that's something i feel like we've talked about at length mm-hmm. offline about just how it's changed rapidly i feel yeah D has definitely had quite the history of just like what D has been in pop culture because you know if you think back to the, the 80s like satanic panic and like even stranger things just started covering that you know with um the latest season you know just like between the satanic panic and then the rise of you know D 5e and actual plays like with critical role which has become like the number one most like financially successful twitch channel on twitch it's you know, there's just been a huge fluctuation. And then there's also just like the portrayal of D&D players in the media as super nerdy, like outcasts. Um, Yeah, I think that pretty much sums up, though, what we want to get into. Obviously, there will be more as we dive into everything and get talking. I'm sure we'll come up with different ideas and different ways to come at different things from different perspectives because that's what this is all about yeah and we definitely are probably going to talk to other people besides the two of us at some point we have a lot of friends who are both either baseball nerds or D nerds or both at the same time so uh you know it'll be we definitely want to like also get other people in the mix and have conversations about our two favorite hobbies yeah which leads me to L, how did D&D and TTRPG become your favorite hobby? Um, I've always just kind of been a nerd, like, quote unquote. But uh, I've just really been into, like, fantasy things most of my life. Really like the fantasy aesthetic. Um, and then I've always been a fan of, like, board games. My family played a lot of games growing up. And then video games. And then <laughs> I... I've been a huge fan of Degrassi, which is such a good show. On one of the episodes of Degrassi, one of the characters got into LARPing. And that was like my first introduction to like role playing. But I was like, holy shit, these people get to like go out and actually be 
medieval like princes and princesses and like fighting in the woods and dressing up that sounds super fucking cool <laughs> which like everyone like everyone else would probably be like that sounds super dorky but i always wanted to do it and so D was always just kind of like the intersection of all those things that i really love um and so when it was i think freshman year of college uh one of our best friends nathan had come up to me and was saying that he was interested in doing a D campaign and i told him like you can't do it without me so i will be there <laughs> um yeah, and so then we we started playing D and D, and it was D and D is a hard hobby to get into. Like, it's very difficult to just start like embracing role playing right off the bat. So it was kind of awkward and challenging, even though it was with like my best and closest friends like for years. Uh, but then once I got into it, I like I fell in love hard, like with my character with the game and so then when I went off to college and was you know at school I we had stopped playing as frequently so then I really got into doing D&D with like random groups that I found through my school and then like I started DMing my own campaign and then once I got on TikTok then I started like joining the broader like online community of TTRPGs and getting more and more into like non-D&D RPGs and so it's just been kind of like a it was kind of like something I had always had in the back of my mind as like something I could do and that sounded kind of cool but then once I started it it was like this is it I'm doing this forever like this is my thing so D&D is your drug <laughs> yes it is Dungeons and Dragons. Once I started, I couldn't stop. stop. <laughs> I mean, like truly though, it's just kind of uh both like RPG like role playing games and like kind of doing, I guess like LARPing, but in like a minimal sense, like going to Ren fairs and just kind yeah. of like role playing as whatever character has just been, I feel like a very core part of my identity and like being like my authentic self. So it's yeah. just. Yeah, oh, 100%. I think <laughs> D&D and cosplay and those things are things mm-hmm. that I associate with you and being <laughs> part of who you are. Uh-huh. I, it's really been cool, especially I know like you, you mentioned earlier, you've kind of pulled away a little bit from TikTok, but when you were at the height of posting a lot of content on TikTok, it's so cool to see you build this internet community and really embrace that side of you and like really get into it. And I think it's really brought out this super awesome nerdy person that you are but like it's seriously it's so cool I love watching my friends vibe in their own little niches and so Mm -hmm. it's been cool to watch you as you've like you first got into D&D and then you were like I really like this and now you've just fully embraced it and it's it's super cool it's definitely I think joining the online community has been though I'm not like I want to get back into posting TikToks, but I think I'm glad I've kind of stepped away from it a little bit. But what I really appreciate is that, like, the people who I met through TikTok, I still interact with, like, mm-hmm. really frequently. I have um, one of my DMs, or they're a friend of mine, but, like, they DM a lot of our games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still play, like, bi-weekly and monthly games with them, like, yeah. that they've started. 
Uh, so I get to see them all the time and like they're really great and then I met one of my really great um friends initially from D&D TikTok and then she got me into streaming and then that got me into like this group of streamer friends who now I like I haven't been able to stream with them in a while but I still like snapchat and talk to them all the time so like it's been and I think we still have like a joint like spotify playlist that we all add to from time to time so it's like it's it's just been really nice to like still have that community even when i've i haven't been as active yeah i will say the exact same thing Mm -hmm. our parents always told us growing up be careful with people that you meet on the internet but i have never met more beautiful people than i have on the internet i think Mm -hmm. when i first started TikToking baseball content, I found that there's this really large group of women that post on TikTok and like they want women in sports and women in baseball. And so we've all kind of followed each other and we like each other's content and we like are constantly commenting or Mm -hmm. I follow them on Instagram and they're swiping off of my stories and things like that. So that portion of the community, even though we are a part of two very different internet communities, like, I feel yeah. like we are having very similar, very positive <laughs> experiences. Yeah. And the same thing with me, like, I have not posted TikToks in quite a while, but yet these people are still, like, interacting with me. Mm-hmm. And it's maybe a little bit fewer and far between because I'm not, you know, as active online, but we just started a group, me with a bunch of mm-hmm. female, um, like, sports TikTokers and like the communities that I have become a part of are just really heartwarming and super supportive too. Like they make you, I feel like sometimes, especially in a world where your, your hobby or something seems so niche, mm-hmm. they really make you feel seen. And you're like, Oh, I'm not crazy. There are other people that like the same things that I like. And it's okay that I like these things, you know? Yeah. For sure. Even if, like baseball, I would say, I don't want to say like D&D isn't mainstream, but I feel like baseball Mm -hmm. is more so just like you can go to a baseball game and like anyone can go to a baseball game. Like not anyone can just jump right into a D&D campaign. Like, you know, there's some like, do you get what I'm saying? I don't know. No, I I, I get what you're saying. There's kind of, I mean, you can like take like anyone who you know to a baseball game and like they might not totally grasp what's going on, but like eventually they'll, you know, pick it up. Exactly. D&D definitely requires a lot more prep and a lot more understanding of like the mechanics of the game like you can have anyone consume and like watch D content for sure and you can have anyone jump into D, but they're not going to be able to experience it in the same way as you would if you've like at least played a few games or like kind of understand what's going on it, it, like yeah. it's definitely a, a hobby that takes time and practice yeah I think I just lost my train of thought on what I was saying. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What I will say is like what I like baseball, like you said, like you can like anyone, like a rando can go to a baseball game. And like, if you're not there for the game, you can enjoy the food. But the thing is, is when I go to a baseball (laughs) game, I'm so in, I'm so indulged in it that sometimes I feel not crazy, but just like obsessive and, Mm -hmm. and that's fine. And, but sometimes I've always felt a little bit like, out of the ordinary as like a woman who likes some a, a male dominated sport and so mm-hmm. just to have a to have a community that's like you're not crazy I also do these same things and I'm also interested in these things has been very very lovely yeah we'll definitely get more into like our the combo between D&D and baseball but I don't want to like take away from from your spotlight so how, do, oh how did gosh. you get into baseball <laughs> okay 
I have been a baseball fan since I can remember because my mom mm-hmm. grew up as a Cubs fan in the era of like Ron Santo, Ryan Sandberg back in the eighties when they were very bad and just absolutely yes. terrible. Like my mom always told me that Steve Stone taught her how to not play baseball because Steve Stone back in the eighties was an announcer for the Cubs. Uh, I think with Harry Carey, I'm not, I'm not sure if like those two paths cross, but anyway, uh, Steve Stone is now actually, uh, the radio or the color, uh, announcer for the White Sox. But anyway, back to this, my mom always told me that Steve Stone taught her how to not play baseball because he was very critical of how bad the Cubs were and would Mm -hmm. like teach them, oh, they did this thing in this situation. It would have been better if maybe they did this, those types of things. And so that was really cool to hear that part. But then my mom also played softball. So she, while baseball and softball are not the exact same sport, they're very similar. And so she used to tell me, like, I used to take those strategies into softball and like utilize those when I was playing my mom played D1 softball at St. Louis University. I was say, I didn't know she played D1 softball. Oh, yeah. My mom was a stud. <laughs> but then eventually I got into the game. I played softball. I played a year of D3 softball. And yeah, that's like kind of how I was around the sport. Mm-hmm. And I would say I was a fan of the sport. Like my first baseball game I ever went to was in either first or second grade. I went to a cup. My very first baseball game was a Cubs mm-hmm. game. But then my papa, my dad's dad, had weekend home game season tickets to what was then U.S. Cellular Field. So I would spend many weekends. We would get to the stadium early. We'd go into the stadium club and do like lunch or dinner before the game and then go to our seats. And so in the mid to late 2000s, when the White Sox were very good, they won a World Series during that stretch. Um, I spent many Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday afternoons at the ballpark. And so I got very into the White Sox and became a White Sox fan. Mm-hmm. And then not to get somber, but <laughs> I, my papa passed away unexpectedly in 2021. Mm-hmm. And so when baseball came back um, in 2021 for the first full season after the pandemic um, and they like opened the stadiums back up to fans I tried to attend as many games as possible I think that was kind of my way to like cope with his death and like Mm -hmm. feel like I was close to him and the memories we shared together during like a very formative part of my life and so it it was during I think last season really that I realized that I really truly love the game of baseball and the intricacies of baseball and like the sport itself Mm -hmm. and so that's when I really dove into getting onto Twitter and kind of like trying to learn as much about not only the White Sox and kind of that organization, but the game itself and um, like different teams and the news surrounding baseball. And so, yeah, now I, now I'm just too far gone. Um, (laughs) You truly are too far gone. I swear, like I, you would be like, I can't like do any more travel. And then I was like, and then every weekend I'd be like, oh, hey, what you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm back in Chicago. And I'm like, you can't. You just said your car can't take it. Yeah. I, there is something about being at the ballpark that truly is. And I don't know if it's a sense of nostalgia or what it is, but I truly 
feel like I am at home in the confines of a ballpark yeah. more so, you know, at USL at guaranteed rate field or Comiskey, whatever you want to call it, but just like mm-hmm. being at a ballpark and the, the ambiance and the game and like being able to also bring my friends and my family and like share those experiences with those people is something that I truly just like value beyond words. And yeah. so at any, any point in time, like I will do whatever I can to be at a baseball game. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I guess we can kind of jump into the next thing, which is how you relate to each other's hobbies, like how I relate to baseball and how you relate to D and D. Um, I've always been, um, I've been a Cubs fan my whole life, and my dad was also a Twins fan, so I've been more of a low-key Twins fan, but, like, my family's always been sports people, like, we've, you know, I remember, like, always watching football with my dad, but, like, I'm, like, a low-key sports fan where I, I love watching games and going to games, um, for, like, a variety of different teams, but I, I'm not as active in following them like as Allie is (laughs) I don't I mean you but the thing is like we can that's that's the beauty of this podcast and the friendship is like Mm -hmm. we can we can carry a conversation and you know what I'm talking about but also you're not too proud to be like hey what does that mean like what is happening (laughs) yeah and I like I'll be honest I I've been a Cubs fan my whole life when they won the World Series. I got to go to Chicago the next day and I was, it was really like a school trip, but I was still like super excited and I wore my Cubs jersey. Like it was, it was really awesome. But I, I will also, but everyone, even Al though, like, like she'll, she'll be talking about like some players got traded and I'll be like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> like, please. Or so just a generally you know about teams and like yeah. game. Whereas I'm like, oh, so-and-so just made history doing such and such a thing. Yeah. And they might not be with the team next year, but that's okay because they might go here and yeah. Yeah. But then you also know like all of the managers or like, you might not know them all, but you know a good amount of like the mm-hmm. managers and like who owns the teams and like things like that. Like I'm not that far yeah. deep, but I've, you it's know. fine. Yeah, you, not everybody has to be super invested. Yeah, but I also I also did play softball when I was younger, so I've I had like a a good love of the sport when I was, especially in my childhood. And now every time I get to go to Wrigley, uh, it's still it's still kind of like that nostalgic vibe. Yeah, and I will say like I I very much am of the belief you cannot be a Chicago fan. I will say that that might be controversial. Like. You are either a Cubs fan or you are a White Sox fan. I am not of the, I just hope both teams have fun. No. (laughs) No. But I love Wrigley. Wrigley is a historic landmark. Mm -hmm. Like I, I love the vibe of Wrigley. Wrigleyville itself in Chicago is its own neighborhood. It's, it's super cool. And going to see a game there is one in a million. It's, it's a great experience. So mm-hmm. I won't, I won't trash on Wrigley by any means. Like, yeah. They'll trash I, on the Cubs, but <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've enjoyed many, many a Cubs game at Wrigley. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I just don't necessarily root for yeah. the Cubs. And I've been to other, other um, 
fields as well. Like I, I've been to the Twins. I've been to a couple Twins games when they were playing at home. I specifically remember going to one before the dome came. I off. was gonna say, have you been? So mm-hmm. you went. You were at the Metrodome. I was at the Metrodome, and then I we had gone back probably a few years ago. I think it's like five years ago now. After the dome yeah. came, like after the dome came off, so I got to see it. Field. It's it's Target. Target Field is a completely different field. Yeah. See, I didn't even fucking know that. But yeah. <laughs> But I, I got to recently though, Elle, uh-huh. just learned that the Metrodome, like the reason the Metrodome came down mm-hmm. is because it collapsed on itself. Yeah. I did know that. It was a hazard and like too much water got on the top. It was yep. one of those yep. it was one of those domes that was just they pushed air into it. Yeah. And that's how it stayed up. And then too much water got on the top and it collapsed. And so they just tore it down. I will say, I do think the new field is nicer because it's because it is an outdoor field, like it doesn't have mm-hmm. the dome over it. But I'm really glad that I got to go to the Metro Dome and like experience that while it was still there. Well, yeah, because those fields that are no longer there, I mean, old Comiskey, for example, too, like those are part of, uh, they're a piece of history that like you got, you were like, oh, because people now talk about the Metro Dome all the time. Like, oh, remember when the Metro Dome was a thing? And like, you get to be like, oh, I was there. <laughs> and not everyone can say that, which is cool. Yeah. And then I've been to some Brewers games, which I also love the Brewers sta- Stadium. I love, um, I forget the mascot's name, Bernie. Bernie? Yeah. Bernie. I love when Bernie goes down that slide, but I love the sausage races. I just think Ugh. it's a certain, <laughs> I think the Wisconsin vibe is just top tier. <laughs> yeah. I mean, certain- I, just, I I was just, re- I just recently went to a, a Brewers game mm-hmm. um, and it was a great time. Like I, yeah, Miller Park, which is now American Family Field. I will always call it Miller Park, but yeah. uh, no, it's a great stadium. They have a roof. And that is the one thing that I will say does kind of retract from Miller Park is mm-hmm. the roof sometimes makes it feel like I'm not at a baseball game. I totally understand the point of a roof. And obviously the one at Miller Park is retractable. It's not like the Astrodome or the right. Metro. Like they can open it so that you get, you know, fresh air on a summer day when it's not raining, but they, right. it closes, they can close it real quick so that there's no rain outs, but it's still massive. And you can still like definitely tell it's there even when it's open. And so sometimes I just don't necessarily feel like I'm at a baseball game. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with the Metrodome is that like, I, I can still like picture it. And I, mm-hmm. I do, I remember when I was there, I loved it just because I love going to baseball. I love going to baseball games and I loved the twins so I was just really happy to go and see um a game but like looking back I'm like that it was like so gray because you know you have I'm pretty sure the inside of the dome was like kind of just like that bland kind of beigey gray color so then you it's not the same as like a night game where you're like under like a really nice like dark dark blue black sky with like all the lights yeah or a nice summer day where it's just like blue like blue skies like super clear you feel like it's you know summer it, it it's just a different vibe so i i do think it it's it changes the nostalgia a bit but i have the historical nostalgia now so yeah yeah no i i'm with you i think yeah i think obviously every stadium has its own perks mm-hmm. and downfalls and things like that which is why like one of my life goals is to go to every stadium so Mm -hmm. hopefully I can accomplish that one day yeah but transitioning back to what we were talking about because we just got super (laughs) sidetracked I think that 
Well, okay. No, that encapsulates kind of your stake in baseball and like in my niche. Yeah. And I think it gives, it paints a perfect picture. But where do I fall into D&D? That's what I was wondering. Because I'm like, how do you fall into D&D? I don't. <laughs> I'm just here. Just kidding. So for back, I've never played D&D in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Back to your point of it's super awkward and uncomfortable when you first start to get into a role-playing game. It's something I've, and we've talked about this at length. It's just something I've never been able to get over within myself. Yeah. Um, so I've never played. However, I consume Elle's content. like <laughs> um, Not like an addict. Um, but I do, I do consume their content and I've learned a lot. But mm. I think that's also just because um, when Nathan and you started playing D&D back that summer between freshman and sophomore year of college, I wanted no part of it, but I also wanted to be in the know. So I mm-hmm. would ask about it. Like I didn't want to participate, I but I wanted to know what was going on and what was going on with the campaign. And then you guys both started DMing. So I would ask about, mm-hmm. oh, like, what are you planning next week? What's going to happen? Yeah. And then I got super invested in Ellen Way and her trauma with her parents and like your, your character's parents being dead, but not being dead. And I, (laughs) I just, I, I feel like I am a consumer of the D and D T like I, Mm. I come to the, I don't come to the actual like post session recap, but I pull you, I pull y'all aside for a little, a little tea sesh after to see what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like hearing about it. Cause it's like its own little fantasy situation. That's like, you know, it's, it, and it's something else to talk about, like other than work and stuff. And it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But also my dad played D and D back in the eighties. And so when my, when L and Nathan and everyone else started playing D and D, my dad was like, Oh, I still have my books in the basement. And then that was forgotten about for a while. And then a couple of years later, my grandma was cleaning out her basement and found my dad's old D and D books. And so now L is the owner of my dad's D and D books from the 80s. Oh my God, I wonder if you can see them on the shelf. No, I'm blocking them, but they're right below me. I I did give away a lot of the modules to Nathan. So he now owns a lot of the like content with, with like plots and stuff, mm-hmm. but I have your dad's um like first Dungeons and Dragons like set. And I actually the dice that he gave me Aww. are part of Ellen Way's dice set now. So Aww. um That's yeah. really cute. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Yeah, so I have oh, the God. basic rule set, and I also have the advanced Dungeons and Dragons rule set that your dad gave me. So that's which is also just really cool because now I have like a- actual '80s version Dungeons and Dragons. That's not OG D and D, is it? This is this is OG D and D. So this is OG D and D, and then hold on, I have advanced D and D, which is like the second version. So you have a piece of like D&D history. I do, which is really awesome because I'm sure they still print these, but they're not like But they're not originals. They're like, not original from the 80s. Those are my dad went to the store and bought those back in the in 80s. the 80s. Yeah. So like I I love these and I'd love to like I I still need to go through and like look at all of the different mechanic changes. 
Um, but I do know that like the classes are totally different and like spells. Um, there's still a lot of spells that are the same, but a lot of them are very now I'm like learning out about D. <laughs> but <laughs> uh yeah, so I do I am in possession of Al's dad's stuff. Which I'm just glad it's in a new home and not rotting in a basement somewhere because that's what it was doing. So so yeah, I know really hardly anything about actual D&D and how the game is played and the process of DMing and those types of things, but I know enough to have a ask questions because I like asking questions yeah. <laughs> about it. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of my stake and that's really, I feel like the the best part of this is I'm here to learn, you're here to learn, yeah. and we're here to talk. Exactly, which we love to do. So <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, I do think if you are into like D D T, but not you don't want the whole thing, you might actually really like the Legends of Vox Machina um animated series that came out, which is Critical Roles camp their first campaign. Okay. Um, and a couple of the episodes are like stuff that happened prior to them recording uh and like starting their live stream uh but then they get into this like one really big important arc that they did record called the briarwoods arc which is about one of the characters like nemesis so um yeah which it basically breaks down like dozens of episodes into like 10 half hour hour long amazon prime videos so like i have prime yeah i will look into it that does sound interesting yeah and it's animated which like my dream would be to have a DD campaign animated because (laughs) oh my god to see like the cool shit they ever like like you and your fellow players or like your players and your dm describe and to like see that in a visual is like so so that is really cool okay I have a random question for you. Okay. That we're going to, I I feel as though we're heading towards wrap up. Probably. We've been recording for a while. Yeah. Before we preview our plan to you and like what you can expect from us moving forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're just getting rolling again. But if you were to have a dream guest of the topic of D&D on our podcast in the future, what would you like to manifest? Oh god. That's so hard. A dream guest. Um jeez. I'm like I'm not going to do any of my TikTok friends. I'm sorry. I that I would love for any of y'all to come on, but I could if I asked we could you get would, them as guests. We could probably get them as guests. <laughs> but a lot of them are very busy, so I don't also don't want to pressure them. Um Oh god, a dream D&D person. Oh, it's probably Ashley Johnson. I, Ashley Johnson or, um, I'm like torn between Matt Mercer and Travis Willingham because Matt Mercer's such a brilliant DM and I, I would love to see him playing a camp or like, just, I would love to talk to him about like how he DMs. Um, but Travis Willingham is an amazing player. He is a really good, he has a really good sense of the table. And so he is amazing at like both building really interesting characters who are fun and also making sure other people get the spotlight and other people are paying attention to like the setting that's happening um 
And but and I just I'm a huge fan of Ashley Johnson as a person and as a player. Like I think she's also brilliant, but she does a lot of voice acting stuff that I'm a huge fan of. The Last of Us is my favorite game ever. So yeah. What's do you have a dream guest you would like to have on the show? Um the first person that comes into my brain is Liam Hendricks. He's the closer for the White Sox. And I think the reason why he comes to mind very quickly is because he, I just get this vibe that he is a secret nerd. He mm. builds Legos in his, in the clubhouse, in his locker. And I just feel like there's more to the Lego story. I feel like there's more nerd under that Lego portion. Mm-hmm. So I think Liam Hendricks is my hardcore hands down answer, which is also, you know, coincidentally White Sox related as well. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with one answer and one answer only. Yeah, (laughs) well, we'll manifest. I would love for for like people who are fans of both D&D and baseball to come on to the show. Yeah, yeah. When worlds collide. When worlds collide. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been talking for a while and we don't want to be in ear holes forever. So So anyway, the rest of the podcast, what are we going to do, Al? Um, We right now are going to be releasing every other week. So I believe the day we determined was Wednesdays. Mm Mm-hmm for release days so we will be releasing every other week if something changes we will tell you if you pop this podcast off (laughs) (laughs) more often but right now we think that's a manageable plan Mm -hmm. um obviously if you want content you can find us on social media and l where can they find us Oh God. Oh, I'm so bad at knowing our own brand. <laughs> you want me? I can I can I can do it. I know want. one is Dungeons and Dugs, and I know the other one's Dungeons and Dugouts, but it just depends on the platform. <laughs> we are at Dungeons the letter N Dugs D-U-G-S with underscores between the words on Twitter. And we are Dungeons underscore N underscore dugouts on Instagram and TikTok it's we'll get rid of those underscores eventually yes we will (laughs) hi this is editing l we actually did get rid of those underscores so you can go ahead and follow us at dungeons and dugs and dungeons and dugouts okay thanks back to the episode (laughs) you can also find my personal instagram twitter and TikTok at baseball gal al with underscores between the words because I'm annoying. Um, and you can find L. Yeah, you can find my Instagram, TikTok, Twitch at just underscore D N D underscore things. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon. <laughs> Please listen. Oh my gosh, don't beg. <laughs> begging begging you anyway thank you all for listening to this podcast (laughs) we'll see you on the next episode goodbye goodbye